coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. outhouse and i have a trading problem and i'm brian Hart, and i also have a trading problem i'm doug eddie and i have a trading problem close enough <laughs> hey everybody welcome to session 96 of the trade addicts podcast a member of the dlf family of podcasts we are here on this wonderful 2242020 day we missed i'm wearing a two to make up for it that was exactly where I was going to go for that. And no, I was not counting. I was just saying two all over again. So you can stop counting. Too many numbers. Too many numbers. But speaking of where were you on 2 2 I left on Friday, 27 degree New Jersey for the beautiful, cloudy, 49 degree skies of Florida. Like, what the hell, man? I'm being told that Florida is this wonderful, beautiful place with sunny skies, always beach weather, and it was just as crappy. And I was, it's funny, and the second you tell someone you're from New Jersey, the first thing they do is apologize for the bad Not your fault, man. <laughs> so speaking of, speaking of the number two, I have uh, a pop quiz for you. And bonus points. So speaking of the number two made me think of the double deuce. If you know what movie that is from, then you get bonus points. The double deuce. Russ is your only chance here. Yeah, Brian has no pop culture whatsoever. But Come I on, Russ. What is it from? The double deuce. A classic movie. I think it was came out in 1987 or 88, perhaps. 1989. Was it 89? No, I think it was 88. I think it might have been 88. Are you Googling? Hell yeah, I'm Googling. <laughs> wow, you're the worst, Brian. Hey, I didn't reveal wow. the answer. I'm giving you an opportunity, he Russ. He didn't. I admitted right away that I there's no chance in hell that I it's would a know movie it. that It's a movie that features a man's throat being ripped out by a river. By a river? Yeah, they're fighting by the river, and the main star rips the enemy's throat out. I mean, you're already, you're, you're out of my genre. Let's just put it that way. 
All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you no more guesses. The movie is Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze and Kelly oh, McGillis. I am sorry, Sal. I, Mr. Roadhouse, Mr. Two QBs, my bad. You should be, Russ. You should I be let sorry. him down. I haven't I'm seen that this. probably since the late 80s. Anytime that's on TV, I stop and watch it. Fun fact. <laughs> wow. Forever. Good stuff. All right. Now that we started this podcast by making me look bad. <laughs> oh, man. It's like I'm podcasting so, with Tyler again. I know, right? Ugh. I mean, I. but Brian does the dad jokes, not me. So you have uh-huh. like... When our when mine mine and Brian's powers combine, ugh, we form Tyler Gunther. That's a crappy superpower. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Before this well, gets even worse. Well, speaking of dads, uh, we threw my daughter's birthday party on Saturday, the 22nd. Two, 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 two. However many twos there are in that, uh, and she is not two. She is three this year. So, oh, that would have. It was Go amazing. It was frozen. So meta if she was two. It was frozen. Oh, was it a frozen two was, party on no. two, 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 two? Well, yeah, kind of. It was like frozen slash frozen two. Last year we did Moana. This year was frozen. And we got some kick-ass balloons and stuff. So I'm on team it was, Moana. It went well. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. But, you know. He hasn't seen Frozen 2 yet. I've watched it for the past two days, by the way. I have not seen it either. We need Fantastic. to talk. Fantastic. Is it really? We need to talk Fantastic. about it. Fantastic. Let's do that now instead of talking fantasy football. Let's just go over Frozen 2. I, I, I think that maybe is a bad idea. We would not lose as many listeners as we probably think we would. Because <laughs> let's face it, we have like 12 and they're used to it at this point. And most <laughs> of them are probably dads point. with kids yeah. and they're like, oh, Frozen 2 yeah. talk? Let me settle in. <laughs> Man, we just watched it three times also. I'm, I'm here for this. Okay, no. Uh, Doug. Yes. Why don't you tell all these wonderful 12 people listening who you are, what you do, and where they can find all the stuff that you do? Ah, well, my name is Doug Eddy. I've been playing fantasy football since the lovely year of 1999. So long time. I started in a salary cap league. I think it was on CBS back in the day where each week you got a player and their value would go up based on their performance. So I had I got Kurt Warner dirt cheap, and then he won the MVP that year. I ended up winning the league. So I kind of got hooked in fantasy football, and I've been playing ever since. Um, I started podcasting a few years ago with my brother-in-law. We have a website. Uh, it's uh, tffgurus.com, and the podcast is Trophy Time. And I also do a spinoff now with Guru Game Guidance, which is just me going through and breaking down every single game and every single fantasy-relevant player and you know where I'd slot them, what I think their performance is going to be, and try to help people with their lineups. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, almost two years now, uh, I joined the Dynasty Happy Hour crew with Tyler Gunther and Tim Keller, uh, and I've been the host of that show for a while, and it's been a lot of fun. That's my first foray into Dynasty podcasting, which I've found that like um, gurus were more redraft-based, but uh, with Dynasty Happy Hour, obviously in the Dynasty space, I've found that that's been like my real love of fantasy football is more of the Dynasty. I've, I'm only doing, I think, two redraft leagues now, and everything else I'm doing is Dynasty-based. Uh, I really like the inner workings, the having players for the long term. I love salary cap and contract year leagues. I love IDP. Um, I play a little bit of everything, uh, and I enjoy it quite a bit. So, yeah. So that's uh, And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TheFantasyFather. Um, Lovely Scott Fishbowl 9 participant. Made the final 100 this year. Every year I keep getting Ooh. better. I'm going to win the damn thing one year. Maybe 2025. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and that's, a, and that's a blast. That's probably one of my favorite things about fantasy football is participating in the Scott Fishbowl. My goal is to make 
top half. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, what was it? Last year was like 980, I think. Okay. Something like that. And I was in the 500s. This year was 1200, I think, and I was in the 700s. Gotcha. So um, I'm at that like 40% every time. I just I need that 11-ish percent boost to get me in the 40, you know, top 40-something percent. Yeah, my quarterback play is what um, was hurt me in the Scottish Bowl in the long run. But my four quarter, I had four quarterbacks. They yeah. were Ben Roethlisberger. I had Patrick Mahomes, which was great, except he also missed some time. Ryan sure. Fitzpatrick, who got benched for a whole bunch of weeks. Yeah, and there was I forgot who else it was, but someone else that ended up either getting hurt. Like I had four quarterbacks, and I felt awesome about it. And then at one point, I had zero. Yeah, I had um, I had Cam Newton, I had Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, and then I ended up picking up. I blew all my fab on Mason Rudolph um, because mm. at that point, like Darnold was out with mono, and Cam was pretty much done. Um, but I was able to to have such a successful team because I had the one hundred and one in my division. I was in the Tifa division, and I drafted Christian McCaffrey was my one hundred and one, so that worked out really well. And then my other running backs, I had Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, so they both had successful seasons. Wide receiver, I had Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson. I drafted a bunch of rookies, so I had McLaurin, who worked out well. DK Metcalf had some really good games. And then at um, tight end, I had George Kittle, who I ended up getting in the third round in the Scott Fishbowl. I was the latest person in the whole Scott Fishbowl to draft George Kittle at the 301. Um, Fun fact. And I was the last person to draft DK Metcalf, too. So I got some really good screaming values on those two players, and then they ended up helping me. Um, so if I had solid quarterback play, who knows what would have happened? Because the rest of my roster was pretty solid. Man, so I'm just going to be bugging you for advice for next year because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I, I pretend that I know what I'm doing, but I you know, ultimately no one knows what they're doing when it comes to Scott Fishbowl. Okay, well, you said how long you've been playing fantasy. Did you say how when you started playing Dynasty? I know you just said you started on the Dynasty Happy Hour. I started. Um, I started in a contract year league on MFL. Probably, let's see. I got engaged that many years ago. I've probably been because I was in MFL when I went out there. Probably fifteen years ago. I started on MFL in a contract year league. I remember one of my first big players was Sean Alexander when he won the MVP. Woo woo, go Hawks. Yeah, and I remember drafting like Ryan Matthews as a rookie and Aww. stuff like that. Yeah, it was bad. Only one T. I think if he had two T's in his last name, he would have been better. Because, yeah, he had one good ankle. If that other T, it would have, like, you know, anchored it would have helped him out. Yeah. It would have helped him out. But nope, it wasn't It wasn't in the cards. No, not meant to be. Doomed from birth. Man, I didn't even realize MFL was around for that long. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. All right. So. You have to have some best and worst trades in that long. Oh Jesus! Um, let's start with the best trades. So in the there's a home dynasty league that I'm in. Um, I was telling you guys earlier. I won three years in a row. I went undefeated this year up until the championship game, and then I lost. I ended up winning 35 games in a row, um, which is probably which is definitely my crowning achievement in dynasty football. Like I'll never get close to that again, let alone winning three straight championships. Um, so I've made some really good trades in that particular league. Now, this league, it's a contract year league as well as salary cap. So there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to trades. So I remember trading like the 107 and a bench player for DeAndre Hopkins when Hopkins was coming off that down year a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I bought him super low and then he blew up. I ended up trading the 112 for Stephon Diggs straight up and getting Diggs a couple years ago. 
Um, and he was on a pretty cheap rookie deal, so he didn't cost me much in salary cap. Um, and I extended him, so I had him for a few years, which was nice. nice. Um, trying to think other good dynasty trades. I've made some pretty good trades recently in the um, bar tab league that John Bosch runs, which a lot of um, a lot of industry guys are in. I uh, picked up Darren Waller for three dollars in the spring of last year, nice. probably in March last year. I picked up Darren Waller. And then I flipped him in season for $300 of blind bidding money, which was a lot. Um, so I cashed that chip in, went from three bucks to making $297. So anytime you can do that, you have to. Um, so I did that. Uh, made some. I, I did make an initial good trade in that league. It was Tom Brady and LaShawn McCoy. I traded um, in some money to Luck and Julian Edelman, which looked awesome at the time because Luck was coming yeah. off the injury. And then luck retires, and I'm like, God dang it, Like that one hurt because I was trying to set this team up with a lot of cash to really buy a lot of players, and I was trying to build around Andrew Luck, and that didn't work out so well. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, trying to think. I haven't made too many good trades. I'll give you a bad one. A really, It's bad on the surface, but I ended up winning the league anyway. Uh, so last year, or 2018, in the UDPL, which is uh, a league that Tyler Gunther runs, which is a lot of the Dynasty Dummies are in, and Matt Kelly was in it for a while. Um, a lot of people have come in and out of that league, but it's mostly Dynasty guys, Travis Mays in it, and stuff like that. A lot of guys that are a lot of fun to play with. Um, and I traded Juju Smith-Schuster into 2021st for Cam Newton. And I forgot what other pick I got back, but it's a super flex league. And I was competing to win this title. Uh, and I ended up, I ended up winning the whole league. But the funny part is, is that I never used Cam Newton because he got hurt after I traded for him. And I won the league starting Kyle Allen in the fantasy championship is my second QB in 2018. Yeah. So that was an awful trade. All right. So what do you think about the trade of Ezekiel Elliott for David Montgomery, Zay Jones, the 107 and the 112? Well, I think that's I think that's a trade that uh Tyler and I made. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh mostly and I and I full disclosure, that was all Tyler. Um because I love Zeke and I fought him on it and I said, I pretty much relented. It was like, you do whatever you think's best. And it was after the whole Zeke pushed like the security guard thing. And Tyler yep. always goes into panic mode when that stuff happens. So I was like, I don't like it. He really liked Montgomery. Yes, we got the 107 and the 112. I think we ended up trading the 107 somewhere. Uh, and it was also well before we knew what the picks were, to be fair. It was just for two 2021, 2020 picks. Yeah, so I mean, in essence, you, you almost think you're getting three first-round picks because you got Montgomery on top. Of it. So looking back on that, yeah, I think we took an L on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because nothing ended up happening to Zeke. Zeke ends up being a top-five running back again. Montgomery ends up being a bit of a disappointment in his rookie season, and who knows what those picks will end up translating into. Just needed to break up something just for the hell of it. That was the that was the best trade I could find. All right, well, you know. Internet is not our friends today. Uh, what is a guiding principle that you take with you, whether you are offering or evaluating a trade? Oh, that is a really good question. I'm not really an active trader. It takes a lot for me to trade. I, um, I build a team with what I call my guys, and I kind of ride or die with them, which has seemed to work out over the last few years. Like I don't get the itch to trade like a lot of people do. Like, for instance, like Tyler. 
Like he gets an itch to like, he hasn't traded in a week. He's like, I need to trade. I need to trade where me. I'm like, you know what? I've built my roster and this is what I like. And I'm just going to roll with it. Um, I tend to, if I'm active in trading, it's, it's pretty much targeting players that I think that have a dip in value. So it could be like a Corey Davis, um, right now where, you know, like I know Ryan McDowell tweeted out earlier, you got him in like round 18 of a startup. And I'm like, all right, that's like a third round rookie pick to me. Like, I would send a third for Corey Davis all day long. Like, is that what's going to get it done? Um, or sending like maybe a late 2021 20, second for David Johnson, just to see like, if he lands up on a new team, like I still like the player. Um, so trying to uh, acquire assets when they're on um, what people would say the downside in terms of value um, is really kind of where I make my hay. And I actually tend to have a knack at picking up players. Like I referenced Darren Waller earlier in that league. I picked up Damian Williams in that league uh, last year um, before he started being the starter for Kansas city. Um, So I have a knack of picking up players that end up having value and then turning that value around and selling them off and getting extra picks that way. Um, The tight end position, especially for some reason I've, I'm I'm like a tight end whisperer or something. I whisper into a tight end. There's a visual for you. Um, (laughs) So I I have a knack of scraping value at tight end and then turning it into um, a profit. It seems like in dynasty for the years that I've been playing. So there you go. Moral of the story. Moral of the story, everyone. Just be smarter than everyone else, and you will do well. That's a very John Madden and Booger esque observation. Score more points, and you will win the game. Boom! Boom! <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, now that everyone knows who Doug is, we have a little bit of news to talk about, Brian. Here's the news. I'm a little surprised to hear that Drew Brees is coming back. I like everyone else kind of thought he was going to be gone, but he's coming back. There goes the short-lived days of Taysom Hill, the franchise quarterback. Uh, Right. Taysom Hill Twitter week was an absolute S show. It was, I, man, the fact that he sort of got in on it was the really bad part. Football players responding on Twitter are either great or awful. There seems to be no real in between. Uh, it just really depends how you handle it. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is great after his tweet today. Yes. Um, man, I don't have it pulled up, but I forgot what it was. I can. So he his hands measured at nine inches, which is small for a quarterback. So he tweeted out like, hey, guys, guess I'm never going to make it in the league and I should probably retire because I can't hold a football. Considering retirement after I was informed, the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands. Please keep me in your thoughts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Perfect. If he wasn't the 101, he is now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun tweet. That's how you do Twitter correctly. Yes. Uh, and there was some rando guy that tweeted out saying they, they hope that Kansas City drafts a, a stud wide receiver. And then they, because imagine this starting lineup, and they put Tyreek Hill, like CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, and then Miko Hardman. Damian Williams at running back, t- Travis Kelsey tight end, and me Cole Hardman quote tweets that and says, "You really got me at wide receiver three, and then like an angry face or something." Well, the Sammy Watkins disrespect. Well, he's gone. I mean, I love Sammy, but I mean, he's not going to be on that team for like the fourteen million or whatever he is that he costs. Yeah, yeah, that Sammy Watkins. He's I'm telling Mon- you, Moncrief and Sammy Watkins six Spider-Man year breakout. Man. It's going to happen. Hey, if Devontae Parker can do it in year five, Sammy can do it in year six. 
you know, what is it? Six years, three teams. Yeah, one thousand yeah. yard season. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Man, any any measure of success at this point for Sammy Watkins, I call it a victory, just because of what we've been through trying to root for him anyway. Yeah, if he has well, one big week on his new team, I'm I have him in a couple down too aggressively trying to sell him. We have completely steered off course. Drew Brees is coming back. Does this he's matter to anybody? Though? That's what he said. He, okay. He's, he's already with he's coming in, back. I didn't think he said anything about the Saints. Well, he is still in contract with them, I think, for this year. I think he counts yeah. $40 million against their cap. He yikes. But, like, I don't know what his contract is. I can't imagine any of that's cuttable, though. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't have sport track in front of me, but I know it's a $40 million cap hit. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So he counts a lot. So yeah. So him coming back, I think is good for Michael Thomas and all the cast of characters around him. And then obviously Teddy Bridgewater, they're not going to be able to afford Bridgewater or really Taysom Hill, but I think Taysom Hill's a restricted free agent so they can put a high tender on him and not have to pay him a, a bunch of money. But Teddy's definitely going to go to a new team. And I think that Teddy could be a starting quarterback in the league. I mean, they went undefeated with him at the helm um, during the season. And he he had flashes of looking good. So I think Teddy is going to be a starter somewhere. So if you had him in a super flex league, you bought him super cheap or you acquired him in a startup really cheap, it's definitely going to pay off for you. So I, I like that for Teddy. I think he deserves a chance. I really want Teddy to be a thing. I don't like as a human being, I root for him. The player, Me he's too. okay. But, you know, I just I want him to do well. Yep. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like the offense wasn't all that different with uh, Bridgewater. At least like Michael Thomas kind of did a little better without Drew Brees there. Kamara, I think, went down a little bit, but I think that's also just because Teddy Bridgewater was thrown into it and they were playing Drew Brees' offense. Mm-hmm. I think with an off, like if Ch- Teddy Bridgewater was in there with an off season to prepare, they that w- they would have like not missed a beat. So I think him going to a new team will be good for that offense. I don't. I don't know. I I want Teddy Bridgewater to do well. And and I do think you're right. At worst, he will get a chance to compete for a starting job. So honestly, do you think it would take more than like the two ten to go by Teddy Bridgewater right now? Are we talking a superflex league? Yeah. Um. Like, do you, you don't have to pay a first for him before he's out, do you? Before Drew? No, no, no. no. I, I think I think someone. I think you could probably get the two ten for Teddy. I think if you waited just a little bit though, and he signs as a free agent somewhere, that value could go up, and you could get possibly like if if he signs somewhere where he's going to be a starter, like say it's Carolina, like and he goes to Carolina, and you're like, ooh, look at these weapons around Teddy Birdwater. Like you, that might push, like you might get a high second or a late first in super flex leagues. If someone's really excited about that move. Sure. Yeah. Cause I also just think that there's a lot of people that even might just need bridge quarterbacks for right now. And there's not that many startable right now rookies. So I think today's order also like definitely has a shot. And again, it's, this might just be me wanting it to happen talking, but I think it's going to happen. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think he showed enough. I mean, he didn't lose as a starter this year, so mm, quarterback wins for the for the win. Yeah, but he played. Was, I mean, he played, but he played, but he played. Yeah, but but when you combine it with the way he played, I mean, it's not. Oh, yeah, it's obviously not just the wins, but it's. I mean, he played well in those games. He he. Yeah, he wasn't like, just. He wasn't just like a no, game manager in those games. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, well, that's enough about the Saints because they're the Saints. This is my favorite time of year because. I don't care if it's real or not. I don't care if it's a smokescreen. I don't care what. 
there's NFL real trade talk. And to me, that is so much fun, especially nowadays, because players are actually getting traded. And that's awesome. Uh, Hayden Hurst is reportedly the subject of many calls coming in to Baltimore. I think that will be awesome. First of all, for Mark Andrews, because that's one less of the six tight ends in Baltimore to take targets away from him. And two, good for Hayden Hurst, because he's shown that he's, I mean, he's not bad. No, he's flashed a bit when he's had opportunity. Yeah, and I, there were two teams that they listed. One of them was Jacksonville. I can't remember the other one. That oh, you stay away from when Josh Oliver shares Hayden Hurst. Yes, no- that would make me sad, but it's still a good spot. Did you say you know who it is, Brian, or you were just saying... No, it was, New, it was New England. Yeah, that, that would be a perfect type of Patriots acquisition, to be honest. All right, can we just point out because it's a white guy? I mean... No, no, no. I mean, they always... So it's a former first-round <laughs> pick, right? Yes, former first-round pick that they can move. probably get for a fifth-round pick. And it's a guy who's still in football years relatively young, even though I think he's going to be 27 years old and three. The Pats don't care about that that's already the oldest so they have a glaring hole at tight end because ben watson retired ryan Izzo, like florida's going old but like he's not the answer and malacos like come on like they need someone that is relatively athletic at that position i think hayden hurst um in combination with another tight end whether it's via the draft or they make another trade i think hayden hurst would really fit the bill of what that team needs at the tight end position because they need they need something they tried to patch it last year raw uh gronkowski kind of left them in a bad spot. Like he didn't decide he was going to retire until after free agency was over. And the Patriots wanted to sign Jared cook, but because Gronk was dragging his feet and they didn't know if he was going to retire, that opportunity was passed. So Gronk kind of, so Gronk really left them standing there with a bag at the tight end position, because at that point there was nothing. The draft was over. Free agency was over and they just had to kind of do what they had to do. Thank you. Gronk. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of salty about how that happened, but whatever. Man, I didn't really, I didn't know they were trying to go after Cook, but yeah, I was going to say this year, grabbing Hayden Hurst or, you know, let's face it, going after Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry seems perfect for this, for the Patriots or really any QB needy team because this isn't necessarily the greatest uh, tight end. For me, the Hurst move indicates that they are going to need some salary cap and they want to re-sign Brady because they're not going to be able to re-sign Brady and then go get Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper, I think. Very true. Do you, okay, so trying to find it. a relatively affordable player to fill a need. Classic Patriots. Right. If you couldn't figure out by now, Doug is a Patriots fan. Do you want them yes. to re-sign Brady for $30 million? No. <laughs> um, I'll tell you. So I'll tell you why. So Brady... I watch every snap every year of the Patriots playing football and I'm a diehard Patriots fan. And yes, I appreciate all the things that he's done for new England, save the franchise, six super bowls, like pure awesomeness, the best quarterback of all time, in my opinion. So watching him play last year, now people will say like the offensive line one is as good. They can make a case for that. The receivers weren't as good. You can make a case for that. Um, But watching Tom Brady play football, you can start to see the decline of Tom Brady. And I think if you pay him $30 million a year for the next two years, he's that's going to get him to his age 45 season. And I think that at this point, if he's going to get paid $30 million from someone, maybe it's the Las Vegas Raiders, maybe it's the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe it's the Tennessee Titans. I think at that point, you just really have to say, like, if we sign him at $30 million a year, we're not going to be able to restock the shelf with weapons for him. So you're pretty much going to roll out there with a second year of Nikhil Harry, Muhammad Sanu again, 
Julian Edelman, who's getting older, like there's no, there's not a lot of answers if you bring Brady back to make this team better around him. So I think it's like if someone's going to pay him thirty million bucks, I think you let him walk and you figure out what you're going to do with the quarterback position, whether it's via trading for Andy Dalton, which has been kind of a rumor out here. Um, and I wouldn't mind that if you can trade for Andy Dalton and use him for a year or two and then acquire some other pieces and then try to figure out the quarterback position. Now, wouldn't it be perfect Patriots for them to tank this year, like transition quarterback tank and then go for Trevor Lawrence next year. That would be just, that would set the world on fire and I would love it. Um, but I'm just kind of like, I've been a Pats fan since I was a little kid. I was a Drew Bledsoe, Ben Coates, huge fan, had their jerseys as a kid. So like, Love all the success that we've had, but part of me says, like, I, I want to see what's next. Like, I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Brady in the next two years, just based on how this team is built, especially at that cap. So my heart says, like, thanks, Tom, but if someone else is going to pay you, like, I'm ready to move on. Man, so that Dalton thing's pretty interesting. I never really heard that or put that together that that would even be an idea. So is that is that something you want? Do you Would you prefer free agent slash trade over drafting? A QB right now? So, I mean, if they're drafting at the 23rd spot, so I think if they if they like a guy like Jake Fromm, like, he'll probably be there. Um, if they like a guy like Jordan Love, like, he might be there at 23. Um, I don't see them trading up into the top 10 to try to get, like, or the top 5 to get, like, Tua or Justin Herbert. Um, so if they don't like any of those guys, I think that they will go. They'll either make a trade for a veteran whether it's someone that we don't even like it's someone that's not even on our radar. Cause that seems like a Patriots thing to do. Um, or they'll, or trade for like an Andy Dalton. I think that they probably have it set up where if free agency starts and Tom Brady is a free agent and he's playing the field, they probably already have some like trades that are built in to say like, Hey, Cincinnati, if Brady makes it as a free agent, we're going to give you X for Andy Dalton and then take his salary and you'll take salary back and we'll give you like a fifth, because they're not going to need him. They've got Burrow coming in, and then they'll just probably go with an affordable backup instead of having Dalton there. And he's obviously, I mean, they benched him on his freaking birthday. Like, so wrong. <laughs> like, so disrespectful. If I'm Andy Dalton, like, I want out of there. And I still think yeah, Andy Dalton, I think he's a decent NFL quarterback. So, like, yeah. if that's the guy that's a bridge for a year or two until they figure out what they're doing at quarterback, like, I'm okay with it. I think they can still make the playoffs that way, the way the team is built, to be honest. Yeah, that defense is just sick. Okay, last Patriots question. Mm -hmm. Should I keep believing in Nikhil Harry? If Tom Brady's not there, yes. So, wow. Okay. So, Andy Dalton gets there. Yeah. Nikhil Harry. Harry. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Harry and Brady. So, Brady missed the offseason workouts last year. So, he missed key time to work in Nikhil Harry. Now, Nikhil Harry had some a pretty rough training camp, had some drops, didn't build the trust with Brady, which Brady's a bit of a diva that way. So if you don't connect with him right away, Brady will pretty much isolate you and not pay attention to you. Um, and it happened with Jacoby Myers at times last year too as a rookie. So I have just have this feeling like if Brady's back and Harry's there, unless they have some super mind meld type of thing, like I just think he's going to kind of not look his way. Although that, that Nikhil Harry is exactly what the Patriots offense freaking needs. Like they tried Josh Gordon and that was a failure. Like they need that big body player. Now I know he's not a huge separator, but he can win at the the point of contention and he can make plays. He made some great plays in the preseason and he made some plays in season that were pretty dynamic and you got flashes of it. Um, but I just think if Brady's there, I don't think 
Harry's going to be the player that we want him to be. But I think if Andy Dalton, the guy that can actually chuck it downfield um, and use Harry as more like an AJ Green type player, um, then I would I would like that a lot more. Oh man! So now I am hoping that Brady leaves and Andy Dalton comes in because I have a lot of Nikhil Harry shares. <sighs> I'd still buy Harry because I like the player. Yeah, I do like the player, but I mean, it's it's so funny. Like we always say buy the player, not the situation. And we do it anyway. You know, we worry about the situation and then AJ Brown happens and they're like, Oh, I'm never falling into that trap again. And now I'm still terrified of Nikhil Harry because of the situation. It's just mm, stupid. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting after the draft because there's going to be, there's so much wide receiver talent coming in. It's going to be crazy. How, how depth charts start to shake out. Um, across the league it's almost like there's a glut of talent at wide receiver there's a glut of talent at the running back position and there's starting to be a glut of talent at the tight end position too so it's Which really nice, it's really forcing um you know players that like uh like jordan howard was fantasy relevant this year right like i think jordan howard's going to have a hard time finding a job <laughs> because he's going to be a free agent people are going to be like there's just so many damn running backs in the league like we don't even care about jordan howard anymore I'm here for that because I don't like Same. paying for running backs. So I want like good, cheap, you know, I want there to be too many good running backs. So they're valuable. Yeah, I, want, I want to find the Damian Williams for a dollar that I can flip for like 200. Amen. You mean you wouldn't, you mean you wouldn't pay the one Oh one for Saquon Barkley? God, I hate you, Brian. No, I wouldn't pay the one Oh four and whatever the hell I did for Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Well you did. So we were doing a mock draft with trades and okay. we were sharing a team and brian was working and i mean i kind of was but i was still doing stuff anyway i traded up from the 104 to the 101 to take patrick mahomes and asshole undo- undoes my pre-draft of patrick mahomes and draft saquon barkley and then goes dude why would you pay that much for a running back that's ridiculous even i wouldn't do that saquon 101 i had to make sure it was uh it, the universe stayed in line bold he puts on this nice front, but he's we we know who he really is. Everybody, it sounds like a savage. Savage. You can blame Russ for that. He's turned me into one. Oh, like nice a macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah, messing yeah. up your pre-draft ranks. Yeah, you wanted to take a QB, but we took Saquon. Yeah, because we know that he's going to score the touchdown. Yeah, that's that amazing. was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. You're welcome. I do all sorts of impressions. I, I, I know I'm here. I'm mostly known for my Bane impression, apparently, but uh, I do all sorts of impressions. So they come all out right. randomly. Like people ask me to do them, and I won't do them. It's got to be like in the moment improv. No, I was about to say, whenever you feel it, just let it flow, man. I will definitely do that. All right, but we are going to move on to the main event. Oh yeah, the main event. Main event. <laughs> no, don't, you shouldn't have even tried after that one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, there's been a lot of talk, especially in the last 24 hours, about bad trade offers, how to handle it, what to do with it, how to react to people who call you out with bad trade offers. So that's what we're going to talk about. Bad trade offers. Do you send them, Brian Har? Sure. Doug, I mean, do you we... send bad... Do, hold on. Doug, do you send bad trade offers? Um, I am not a bad trade offer sender. My policy is pretty much if I look at it and I think it benefits both teams based on our needs, then I send it. I'm not like, uh, oh, I'll send you a fourth round pick for Derrick Henry. Like, no. Okay, no, there's a, there's a difference between bad offers and just being a douche. 
Uh, True, yeah. but I, I typically don't send what I would dub as a as a. I've never been labeled and someone been like, "Wow, that's a really bad offer." Like they'll usually right. think about it and they'll decline it and give me a response. I usually don't get the just straight decline and nothing. Oh, so you're a conscientious person. Whatever. Yeah. So 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 a little context, right? Context matters. <laughs> context um, does matter. So I. Yeah, I'm I'm not a bad trade sender or whatever. I I but I'm not I'm also not going to sit here and say that I haven't sent a bad trade. I mean, you know, I think most of us if you play this game long enough, you've probably sent a few that you're kind of like, eh, yeah, I can understand why I got the no the no response on that one, just the instant sure. reject, you know. Um so from that context, Yes, I'm a. I, I mean, I have sent bad trades before. I, I, I'm, I'm like Doug. I, I try really hard to craft a deal that I think makes sense for both teams, um, and makes sense value wise. That's my big thing uh, that we always talk about on here. Is, is, is kind of my sticking point. Is, is the value's got to be right. Um, but you know, people come to values differently, and that's jumping ahead. So we'll get back into that in a minute. I think one of the things that, um, well, I guess what you could say it could be a bad trade offer is if I know there's an owner that really likes a player that I have on my roster, I might send like, you know, an offer that's like, all right, you really like this player, like you're going to pay for it type of thing. Just trying to take their temperature because I do keep a notebook like Leo Pasiga, friend of the show, um, keeps a notebook with all like the leagues that he's in. And uh, I started doing that idea. So if I know that there's players or there's patterns of player types of players that they're trading for, I'll try to take advantage of that. So I might send what might be dubbed as like a, a lower ball offer, but not like a complete like bad trade offer. See, my favorite part of that entire thing is Doug is so used to hosting podcasts that he friend of the showed, not his show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, really the point I did that of doing that was, was just to say everybody sends bad offers. So to overreact to someone else sending you a bad offer is just kind of silly mm-hmm. uh, because we had uh, the, one of the original questions was uh, Mike Alex at FF Aggregator. Ha- oh, no, never mind. That's the wrong one. We'll get to him a little later. Marvin, uh, one of the patrons. Nope. Damn, man. We had a lot of trade reaction kind of questions. And I wrote the wrong ones down. Oof. Man, Brian, you got to prepare better than this. Your preparation right, is sloppy. There you go. That's the pain. <laughs> okay, so regardless of the fact that I have absolutely no idea who really brought this up, uh, someone on Twitter did. I'm just going to say that. Let's put it that way. Uh, react- it's, Chuck, it's Chuck Wood. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, Chuck. Another hey, what Chuck, stop chucking that wood. All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the Geico commercials, they get me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh. <laughs> so his 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 thing was for tonight's show, I'd be interested in advice on how trading pros deal with ter- terrible offers. When is it worth countering or mocking in public? <laughs> mocking in public is a very specific thing. I do it to Brian a lot because I know it bothers him and he knows I'm joking. <laughs> um. It's it's really very much know the temperature of the person and the temperature of the league. Never do it seriously. That should really I should have led with that. Don't really be a dick about it. But if it's like the trade addict leagues where it's a very lighthearted league where it's a lot of very cool people 
absolutely. I think it's hilarious. Everyone does it to me every once in a while, mostly because you guys are like, oh, I test the value. I make sure I wouldn't send it if I wouldn't accept it. I just like clicking buttons. And sometimes <laughs> it doesn't go well for me. Sometimes I'm like, whoops, I click too many buttons on your side. So yeah, that is awful. You know, and sometimes it's like, eh, I just want to see what I can get away with. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have sent many bad offers and I have absolutely been called out in public and I think it's hilarious. So it doesn't matter when someone does it to me. But I I mean, Brian legitimately and understandably gets upset when people bring their trade talks into public. So, again, absolutely. When do you make it public? Usually you don't unless it is 100 percent humor and 100 percent, you know, that person thinks it's funny also. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing for me, too, is it depends on what you're bringing public. If you're bringing public, that was a pretty shitty offer with no details. That's different. That's fine. That's shit talk. That's league mates, you know, chirping at each other. If you bring details of a trade into a group chat for the league or public on Twitter or whatever, that's that's the part where I check out. I absolutely think that's hogwash and horse shit. And I know that a lot of people like playing that way. I do not. I, I, I think that trade negotiations are between two owners and you know, you, you can feel differently about that. I know there are people, industry people that I respect very much that feel 100% differently than I do about that. I do not like trade details being spilled in the group chats. More importantly, we need to go back to the phrase hogwash and horseshit. That is fantastic. <laughs> You're welcome. Have you, have, have you ever washed a hog with horseshit? That's the real question. I haven't, but I'm sure they would probably enjoy that. Pigs like shit. You That's could true. do that on your, uh, if you get your three wishes I, for your yeah, giant farm. farm. That's right. There you yep. go. Exactly. Callback last episode. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. So clearly calling out public counter offers. We always say that communication is huge counter offers are awesome you don't always have to counter offer don't make it feel like you have to sometimes it just there's no point it's funny you said you know don't make details public reese i won't say who it was. i got a trade offer someone offered me demarius thomas for john ross and i'm just like nah i'm good thanks and he's like what no counter and i'm like what am i supposed to do with that i mean you offered me a 30-something-year-old broken guy for a 20-something-year-old broken guy who can run fast when he's healthy. I, uh, Whatever, man. You know, try something mm. else. If, uh, like, if, a, if you sending a counter is really you crafting a trade instead of fixing a small piece, that's not counter-offering. That's, you just cre- that's just you offering a trade. So not everything is worthwhile. And sometimes yeah. you just don't want to trade something like that. A lot of times, like I feel that if someone sends a trade offer over with some detail behind it as to like what their thought process is, I'm more apt to counter um, yes. because at least I kind of understand what their thought process is behind it. So I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, all right, maybe I don't like this trade, but here's what I think would work type of thing. If someone sends me like a just a, a dry trade and it's like a no, I typically don't counter. But part of that is because like the way that I've built my rosters with like I said earlier, kind of my guys, like it takes like a pretty decent offer for me to get rid of some of the most of the players on my roster. Like I'm just kind of like stuck on those guys and I'm like, you know what? This team's going to compete and I like the way that it's built and I'm not going to shake it up unless it's a go. crazy offer. So if you're in a league with Doug, just remember he doesn't do it dry. 
It's true. Sometimes I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, it's best. This is as close to PG 13 ish as we can get. And, you know, that would uh, then I will keep, the R. Then I will keep it that way. <laughs> so here's one other thing, too. I, I think, you know, people. People throw the word offended around a lot. If you're getting yes. offended by a fantasy football trade, people get offended like, at everything. I mean, it's it's I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm, uh, you know, that I never see a deal roll or an email pop up from MFL and I'm like, oh, come on. But like That's it's a fan, weekly, it's I'm a sure. fan. Yeah, I mean, rest of, yeah, it's three <laughs> times today, I think. No, Um you know, but but seriously, I mean, I I think if you're getting offended by offers, unless you're playing in super high stakes leagues, I if mean, you're playing I, I in just, super high stakes leagues and taking trade advice from us, I man, I don't know what to tell you because that's oh man, that's insane. Keep listening, please. Yeah, keep listening. Just don't listen to what we say. And if you're high, playing high stakes in high, leagues, are terrifying. And if you're playing in high stakes leagues, make sure to you know drop like two bucks at least for the patron, and, and then you can watch us. And see our beautiful faces. Yeah, so you can afford it, right? I'm Patreon. trying to work it in. Somehow, I'm yeah, not real just, smooth at this, but I'm working. Okay. Just you gotta give the link next time. Patriots.com. Patriots. Damn it, Doug. Patreon.com trade addicts pod. Patreon.com. Never. Um okay. So along the lines of counter offering, a good way to handle if you get a crappy trade like that like the one i did what i like to do is if i'm just in the mood to just get a deal done anyway or try to at least i'm bored and want to get some more trade talks in what i'd like to do is are you looking to sell this guy or are you looking to buy my guy because that way you can at least find a way to push it forward and if he says oh i'm looking to buy your guy my one of the things i love doing is just saying all right this list of guys are the guys on your team i am interested in throw something at me with those guys included I like that the strategy. Good, the reason I like that is you're going to get something involving players you want, but it still puts the ball in their court and gives you the chance to counter, which sort of gives you the upper hand. It's giving them a good format to work with, but still holding a little bit of the power on your side. Okay, I like that. So that. I think I think giving them options and they'd be like, all right, here's four guys that I like. And, you're, and you'd be happy with any of those four guys. So no matter what they say, like it feels like a win. Right, exactly. It's something. It's a basis to work on where you're not going to roll your eyes again, pretty much. And that's that's coming off a crappy offer. That's something great. <laughs> that's 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 good. And and one of the things that I've learned that's worked pretty well for me. So trading, um, being a co-owner with Tyler in a lot of leagues, is like he'll come. He'll say, "Oh, we got this. Check out this trade offer we got." And I'm like, "All right, like I kind of like it." But see if they'll throw in like a fourth round pick. And he's like, "Oh, I think it's pushing it too far." I'm like, "Just try it." And like almost every time, like we're able to add like a fourth round pick to it. And I was like, I said, I, and every time I'm like, just add a pick. Like it's a free pick at that point. Like you never know what's going to happen with that pick. Like that could be just a wild card and I'd rather have it than not have it. Yep. And if someone wants to get a deal done, like usually people will throw in a fourth round pick and I'm it's exactly what I'm looking for is like a little sweetener on top that we could potentially turn into something, you know, I mean, people were drafting. No, I mean, last year is probably a bad example with all your Bruce Anderson picks um, in the fourth round of rookie drafts. So it worked out well. Um, but I mean like Terry McLaurin in some leagues was like a, a mid to late third round pick. So, I mean, if you add, added a third, then maybe you got Terry McLaurin out of the deal. Like, awesome. That's the kind of thing that like, you just never know. So having that wild card, um, can be helpful. And if it works 10% of the time, then it works all the time. It's just math science. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I forgot when I think we talked about it on our show. I have no idea. I talk way so much on these freaking things. Um if you say, hey, throw in a fourth, if they say no, they're not gonna s- and you okay, wow, words. If you say, hey, throw in a fourth and I'll do it, and they say no, I don't want to throw in another pick, mm-hmm. 99% of the time they'll still do that deal without the fourth. And if they say no after that, then they're a jerk and you don't want to deal with them anyway. Yeah, agreed. The worst thing is they can say is no. Which honestly and then, it's you, and then you just hit accept and you're like, okay. Yeah, if I'm gonna like, go back to my scarred childhood. My, that was something my dad always said to me when I was growing up. I was ridiculously introverted, terrified of people. He's like, "Oh, why don't you just go do this?" The worst thing I could do is say no, and I'm like, "Don't you understand? Rejection just destroys my soul, and I can't handle people saying no." That mm-hmm. really kind of says a lot about me, I think. Okay, fair. Moving on before I start crying. <laughs> uh, where were we gonna go with this? All right, there's more stuff to talk about. Uh, Casey um, at the Casey Kasem tweeted out uh, saying that she got a reply to one of her counter offers with a screenshot of a trade calculator and then an explanation as to, you know, why things are good and whatever. When do you think it is acceptable to use the trade calculator screenshot? So I will tell you that I have done this before. So I have done this in a, my dynasty home league with this, a, probably three or four other really sharp managers like myself that kind of know what they're doing. We had some new owners and I was just trying to show them, like I wasn't trying to like fleece them per se, because they were kind of concerned about like, they didn't know like the values of the players and things like that because they were relatively new to dynasty football. So I took them a screenshot where it's like, all right, it was a pretty even deal. And then, and talked my way through it um, as a way to help them to be like, Hey, I'm not here to try to rip you off. Like this is a pretty even deal. And this is why, like, I want to do this deal. It helps my team and it helps your team. So I use it as kind of a, an aid for people that aren't um, necessarily industry people, um, but people that are playing Dynasty in just home leagues that don't follow it, um, don't listen to podcasts as much or, or things like that. So I think in that, in that respect, I think it can help. Um, but if someone were to send that to me, like that I play in a league with and they're another industry person, I think I would be like, really? Like, I don't. I don't put as much value into the trade calculators because I feel like I have my own trade calculator in my head based on my values of what the players are. Again, just be smarter than everyone else and you'll win. There you go. Doug Eddie, write that book. Boom. <laughs> you got anything, Brian? Yeah. I mean, my whole thing with calculators and, and you know, I, I replied um, to a different thread that was about the same exact topic, uh, the trade calculators. And I, I'm not, on board really with sending trade calcul like sending screenshots per se um ex- and, unless you know like doug said if you're in a situation like that where it's people new to a, a format or something like that and you're trying to actually help them gauge value um mm-hmm. to make the league overall better that's fine i mean i don't have a problem with it in that case i think if you're in a in an in an established league uh, i'm not really a fan of that um you know, but but here's the thing about calculators. Calculators aren't in the in the post that I responded to had said that calculators are ruining trading and making people, um, and and then more. I think that was Marvin's question too: was are are the calculators and the trade polls making it harder for people to get deals done because people are more reluctant to trade or they you know have to make sure everything they're winning a trade poll or they're you know, making, getting the most value in the calculators, all of these things. So when we talk about trade calculators and we talk about ADP and we talk about, um, you know, Twitter polls, we t- look, there's so many tools out there today. Ranks. To, 
yeah, rankings exactly. There's so many tools. There're for you know forums on websites where you can you can literally throw questions out and get a hundred opinions in you know an hour. Um, there's so many different tools nowadays to gauge value, you know, so that you can create your own values. Uh, that you know, it, the only time I think it becomes a problem is when you only exclusively use one tool. If the calculator is the only tool you're using to to kind of create your own values, then that's probably going to be a problem. Same thing if you don't use anything but ADP. You know, mm-hmm. that that's usually a problem. Or if you use only rankings because rankings are, you know, not always that's, objective. That's you know, one so- of that's one of the reasons like over the last years, especially in redraft, but I've also done it in dynasty and startups, like I do my own personal rankings and I go by those. Speaking of using rankings and not just using your own, if you go to dynastyhappyhour.com, you could make your own rankings and gauge it against mm-hmm. the other rankers on this website. Absolutely. That's how you do it, Brian. Of course, I did it for the guests and not our own stuff, but yeah, worked it in nice anyway. Much appreciated. Nice. You're welcome, I like it. Tyler. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I use I screenshot the trade calculators for two two reasons. One is to show people I'm not crazy. Um, I usually the only time I really use it to craft a trade is a when I'm making a gigantic trade because I'm bored, or b when again I can't really not bored, but like when I can't think of anything to do, so I I try and like puzzle it together for an idea. So if someone's like, oh, that's awful. Why the hell would you even offer me? I'm like, no, dude, I swear. Like, look, I'm not crazy. The, the, here's the three calculators I subscribe to. And they're all kind of close. So I'm not, I, no, that's that's fine. And the other, which I will always do stuff like this on just because A, no one ever falls for it. And B, I think it's funny whenever it's in my favor. <laughs> um, whenever I know a calculator overvalues someone on my side as compared to someone on the other person's side, I'm like, look, man, this says you're winning. That's all I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) I did it to Tyler um, last week. Uh, We were getting a trade done in the UDPL and he's like, just tell me, you know, this player plus what equal will get me these two things. And I'm like, well, either give me Miles Sanders or I wish I could remember the other player. And it's the player I even got. It was like Miles Sanders or some other like young wide receiver who's worth a lot less. And he's like, well, you're much further away with Miles Sanders. So I'm like, oh, yeah, well, and I take a screenshot of uh, just the one with the wide receiver. And he's like, yeah, I know that's not bad. I'm like, but that one with Miles Sanders is super far off. I'm like, I know. Why do you think I didn't send you the one with Miles Sanders? Right. You know, you you know, you use it when it's like using yards per carry. Oh, God. which is an awful, awful stat, except for when it works in your favor. That's the only time you will ever really use yards per carries when it helps your argument, whether for or against a guy. Otherwise, it's completely meaningless. Yeah, it's like the Isaiah Crowell's yards per carry, but you eliminate like his 89-yard run when he was with the Browns, and it drops like half a yard a carry. <laughs> <laughs> when you take away all of his 90-yard rushes, you know, then his yards per carry yeah. is terrible. Okay, it, so let's use this talk to go into Marvin's question. Do you think the trade calculators and Twitter polls slash being afraid of losing a trade is making it harder to trade than it is in the past? So I want to say one more thing on on what we were just talking about, and I'll try to make it quick. So the other thing is, if you're out there listening to this show and you're saying, well, you know, that's nice that you have the time to sit down and create a ranking of 300 players, but 
realistically, if you've ever done rankings for a website or, or for yourself, it's extremely time consuming and it gets messy really quick because rank, you know, values and rankings change extremely quickly. We're coming up on the draft. Those players are going to go to certain teams and guess what? Their rankings are going to change. Same thing happens throughout the season. You have a guy that starts hot. He shoots up the rankings and he shoots down the rankings when he has a couple of bad games. So, so if you're sitting out there thinking, well, that's pretty, you know, that's all nice. You guys have the time to do all of that. I, I think that is where sometimes things like the trade calculator, again, not exclusively, but the DLF trade analyzer, DTC's trade calculator, all of these calculator tools can give you a starting point. They should not be used as as the only point of reference or or right. data point that you have. You know, look at look at a, a starting value for a for a deal on one of the calculators. Then look at the ADP and say, does that make sense based on where these guys are going in mock drafts across different you know a bunch of different leagues you know then then throw out a twitter poll hey is this close is this you know i mean there's there's a lot of different ways to gauge player values even if you don't have your own rankings but at the end of the day you have to make your own decisions you can't just well the trade calculator says that that's a fair trade well it's not a right. fair trade to me because i'm six miles from beaver stadium and no i'm not taking that deal for saquon barkley so you know i mean you have to different different dynasty owners are going to do you like that, Russ? Yes, I like Different how you had to work being close. <laughs> oh, that was to... a good dig. Thank you. Different dynasty owners are, are going to have different values on players and, and they're going to have certain guys like Doug said earlier, you know, you build your team around your guys. So you're going to value those guys probably higher than some people are. So if they're yep. coming after them, they may offer you a fair trade based on the calculator, but it's not a trade that you will make because it's that's not how you value that player. So. Sorry, I, that was. I know we were moving along, but I just wanted to make that point too. No, it was a very good point, but I still said we were moving on, and you went back, and that is not something you're supposed to be doing. I was moving. I didn't, show and I didn't and interrupt you this time, so I was oh, trying no. not to. <laughs> no worries. Brian's the worst. It's okay. You can interrupt whenever the hell you want. Best <laughs> asterisk. Best. I fixed it for you. Weird autocorrect. No worst. Um, so are Twitter polls and calculators ruining trading or making it harder? Honestly, I don't. I don't think so. I think that a, I think we're just getting a little, everyone's getting a little better, especially when you move away from home leagues and get into more and more Twitter leagues. And when you get into Twitter leagues with people that know you, you know, people that are just better at the game, it does get a little harder. And also this time of year can be tough, especially for people who I keep saying Twitter a lot right now, but if everyone is there and everyone's reading the same information, it's tough to have different values on people. So, I mean, I don't think those specific things are making it hard. I think just the lack of news happening right now, it, it's just, it's make it's a little tough. And I think once, I mean, it's combine time. So hopefully that will spark some, uh, I mean, if you're in a Debbie league, that'll definitely spark some stuff, but some pick values should go up, go down, uh, and which you always makes vets a little easier to buy. So I think stuff's about to start happening because things are about to happen again. We hit that dead period where even like in the trade addicts leagues, we had a couple of weeks with no trades and then we get like 18 and one like we did this week. But like it's... I, again, I don't think it's a specific thing. I think this year, this non-point scoring season, it's a little tough with all of the uncertainty going around. Like we were talking about before, there's a lot of incoming talent. And then there's a lot of free agents out there that 
people are afraid to buy when especially when picks are so overvalued in this draft mm -hmm. class i think there's a whole lot of things happening right now that's making trading a little difficult i would agree with that yeah I, and and so you know we started this discussion about trading talking about bad offers and i think it makes it harder for people that make bad offers right i mean if if you're making if you're trying to look at at trades and make deals that make your team better, but also offer something to the person that you're trading with that isn't junk. Look, I've been sent it's Russ. You and I were talking about this today mm -hmm. um, uh, about a, a league that we're in with, you know, we, we, there's, th we both received offers today and like these guys that were offered in the trade. So don't offer players that you're getting ready to cut or that you would not or just if you if you ask for at, players that someone also might cut <laughs> right yeah like i mean if you're if you're offering you know guys that are probably going to lose their job to an incoming 2020 rookie running back uh a quarterback who maybe started the year last year as a starter but isn't guaranteed to to even start this year stuff like that for like a top three at his position player it's not going to get it done like you have to give good players or good value to get I good thought value. people like nick Foles. what the hell i was trying that to is actually the play that is actually are. the play that is one of the players um, nice that is actually one of the players and and look and 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 again i i'm i've made bad offers i'm not i'm not you know i'm just saying if you know, when, when we're talking I'll give about you Damian Williams and Nick Foles for uh, Julio Jones, Damon, Damian Williams would have been a much, much, much better asset than some of the deals that were offered today. So it, it's gotcha. but that's that's the point. If you're making those types of offers, then, yes, it's it's a lot harder for you, uh, you know, with, with Twitter polls and with with all these different tools, the calculators and everything, because you're not going to be able to just, you know, trick somebody, essentially. Trick, tr tr you know, usually a new owner comes into a league and what happens? You bombard them with trade offers, right? Hoping that ones. Yeah, that's what you well, do. Right. Trade offers. Right. Hoping that you'll get, you know, you'll get some extra value in that trade. What all these tools do is it makes it easier for them to gauge value in general, which makes it harder for you to essentially pull one over on somebody. All right. Well, well, I love it when Brian rants because it's not super often that he gets upset enough just to keep going like that. You killed my transition because I brought up how picks, how you know, picks are so overvalued right now. And I was going to work into FF aggregators question of how do I resist trading picks now because I love trading too much. I was just as I was just about to say, now is one of those times that it's okay to trade a pick. Okay, let's start first of all. Trade whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want. Yes, sure. things are good. Don't be afraid. Are, you know, things are gonna go up in value, things are gonna go down in value. Picks will just gain value. Take that into account, but that doesn't mean don't sell it. That just means don't sell it cheap. Like mm -hmm. you, you let's say we magically know exactly what the 105 is worth right now. Maybe sell it for a little more than that because you know every day it's going to go up in a little, you know, a little bit in value. That doesn't mean don't sell it because it's going to keep going up. Not everyone's going to hold their picks until ten minutes before the draft or when they're yeah, picking it, on the board. It's, it's a lot like playing the stock market, right? So, like, I'll give you a perfect example. Like, my wife works for CVS Pharmacy or CVS Health, 
And uh, we have some shares that we need to cash in by the end of March. So CVS has their fourth quarter earnings. Stock goes up to $75. And then I was like, you know what? Like, let's like, it had a really good day. Let's like see if it goes up tomorrow. And then like right when it opens, it goes down to $72. And I was like, all right, let's wait until it gets back up to $74 and then like sell off some shares. So we did that. We sold off some shares. We still have some shares left. Today, the stock went down to like $67. So it's like, all right, so now we held for too long. We should have sold them all at $74. And now we're looking at a difference of literally thousands of dollars because of like the timing wasn't right because we were hoping it would get back up to that $75 range. And now it's like, all right, well, that just costs us. With draft picks, it's a very similar situation. So you've got your time when you can sell high like usually the best time if you want to get the most value for your draft picks is right either right before the draft or right after the draft when all the landing spots are finalized that's when draft picks are typically worth the most so if you're afraid of losing a trade then just i would say just hold those draft picks until that time and then cash them out for the highest price at least you have a baseline of when that highest price is going to be um so it's very much like playing the stock market with, uh, yeah, with and- draft picks. And just like he was saying, there's waves to it. Uh, like I think around that deadline of declaration for the college kids, uh, I think there's a little bit of a drop. Like this year when Etienne, ATN. Harris, yeah. um, another running back, Chuba. That's what. That's the third. Like once those guys said they're going back to school, value of those late firsts dropped because that and then everyone's like, get it. the 2021 picks. <laughs> oh, next year's always greener, man. Always. And then now the the combine started. I mean, Rugs, Rager, Chenault, they're going to destroy the 40. And then picks are going to go up again. And then there's a lull between now and I hit my mic. There's a lull between now and the draft and free agency is going to happen. And guys are going to get signed to teams that may have been good landing spots for rookies. And the value is going to drop again. And then the draft is going to happen. And the next Mecole Hardman is going to happen. And the value is going to go up again. It's all about riding those waves. So like you were saying, yeah, you may you miss the 75, but selling at 72 is better than selling at 67 if you don't. Yep. If you don't have the patience to wait until it hits 80, I mean, let's put it out there. Like picks will most likely always go up, but that doesn't mean hold on to it until the last second. If there's, if you're getting good value, even for what you think the pick will end up being, there's no shame, no anything in selling it now. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, it's, I would, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't been selling picks for months I mean, at this point. I said, a, I said a year ago, like, all right, everyone's like clamoring for 2021st. I'm like, this is going to be a deep class. Acquire as many 2020 seconds as humanly possible. Yeah. Especially in super flex leagues, because we know there's going to be at least, at least three quarterbacks that will go in the first round of a super flex league, you know, and who knows, maybe there's a fourth one. You never know. Um, so those mid sec, I mean, in the UDPL, I had two mid seconds a couple of years ago and I got Christian Kirk and Cortland Sutton in the middle of the second. And I was like super pumped because I needed help at receiver to get younger and it worked out really well. Um, so acquiring those type of picks, like that's the kind of move when everyone's like, Oh, 2020 first be like, all right, well the cost on 2020 seconds is pretty cheap and you can probably get a nice, pretty shiny player, um, at that position there, especially in a deep, a deep draft like this year's is. What you don't do is get overwhelmed when you're at a wedding and take Dwayne Haskins at 103. Don't do that. You must have been, or whoever that was, must have been extremely overwhelmed. 
no idea who it was. There was a lot of stuff. I, I hear there was a lot of stuff going on. Drinks were flowing and it was his, you know, he was in the league for like a month at the time and he just mm. didn't want to hold things up. All hearsay. I don't know, you know, specifically who this was or anything, but fair. <laughs> Brian's just sitting here blinking. I, I, at least that we know he's alive. Um, anything on the pick trading before we move on? Nah, nice job covering it. All right, cool. Uh, so let's hit up our last question from at FL Two Drink Minimum. Two Drink always hits us with the good questions. Two Drink, thanks. <laughs> All right, um, what rookie will or should have the highest Madden rating? Madden rating going into next year. Ooh. So typically the quarterbacks aren't rated that high i used to be right. a big madden fan i didn't play it at all this year i used to be a huge mutt fan the two years before that like huge um i would say it's probably going to be if i had to guess probably a running back and it depends on landing spot and whatnot i think we'll factor into that but i'm going to go with um madden typically likes the guys that can do it all i'll go with jonathan taylor i think we'll have the highest rookie ranking in madden Offensive position-wise. Skill position. Yeah, because that's what we care about. Yeah. yeah. Boo! I was going to say Chase Young, so I lose. Yeah, go. You can go defensive side of the ball. No, no you Jeffrey can't. Okuda. I don't even know what that means. Um, I, I do. but uh, <laughs> I don't know what that I'm, means. I'm, it's amazing. I'm stuck, <laughs> I'm stuck between DeAndre Swift and C.D. Lamb. I, I I don't know who to pick. So, like you said, I think it would. I think running back is easier to give a higher grade than wide receiver. So I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift because even if it's fake, because I, I don't really necessarily know exactly how fast they are. I think it's perceived that he's faster and a better receiver. So I think that will bulk up his Madden rating. That's fair. Jonathan Taylor have more of the truck though, break tackle. Yes. Yeah. We're now. What? Wait. When Stay are farm. we saying? When are we saying this? Like after the draft, like first release of ratings? That's when ratings come out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thinking it's like next year's copy because they do make a rookie premiere cards, but they're usually jacked up with rankings. They're usually like 90 plus. Um, okay. Yeah. That we're not talking about. Yeah. So they make rookie premiere cards. And then if you, if you unlock them, then you can carry them over until next year's game. And then they, as the player progresses, like Saquon Barkley started in 80 and his best card was a 98 because he won offensive rookie of the year. So that 80 card ends up being a 98 by the time NFL honors rolled around. That's how they do rookie premiere. It's actually pretty cool. Um, so I would say it's when the 2021 version of Madden comes out in August. That's how okay. I perceive the question to be. So I have an answer for that. Okay. T Higgins. T Higgins. Oh, I love you so much. T Higgins is going to run probably around a four five. I and think that's every bad. Thing yeah, that's reasonable for him. With a with an eighty inch wingspan and I mean, Big if you old watch hands. any of, yeah, huge hands. You watch any of his film and watch him bring in passes. That kid to me is going to be the steal of this draft. In, in rookie drafts because you're gonna you're gonna get him seven eight nine and it's gonna be Michael Thomas that's what's gonna happen Michael maybe, Thomas wasn't drafted maybe above end, like maybe even into the first to be honest yeah well that I mean Michael Thomas was like what 106 107 most yeah in most yeah. in that I think that's gonna be Higgins this year I think he's gonna be the Michael Thomas of this draft all right now you shut your mouth so that doesn't actually build him up because I want all the T Higgins okay you have to fight me for him in our leagues I don't even know if I have picks in our leagues. Can we put that on pay-per-view? I'd pay to watch that. (laughs) 
Oh man, a fight between <laughs> me and Brian would not be worth paying for. It would it, it, doesn't seem like a fighter to me. Oh no, not at he all. He would be hugging me. I yeah, would be I, eating something. It, it would just be yeah. Be a hot mess. What it would be. <laughs> what we would do is we would end up on our pay-per-view buying another pay-per-view to watch other people fight. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. While eating good food. Yeah, while eating wings and drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, okay, well that's our last Mr. Quest. <laughs> That is our last listener question, as I lose the ability to speak English. Uh, but we got some trade addicts trades before we go. So, Brian. Trade addicts trades. You want to give us something, Doug, just for the hell of it? Uh, trade addicts trades. Let's do this. So cool. Um, mostly because I cannot do imitation. So anyone that could do anything close to being good is just awesome to me. Thank you. Uh, trade addicts leagues, 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium, which is 1.75 points per reception and 0.05 points for return yardage because trade addicts one did nothing. Uh, okay. So let's start with this one for Mr. Doug himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade addicts four was Sony Michelle for the two ten. What do you think of that trade for your running back? Um, I don't think he's going to be replaced anytime soon. So, Sony Michelle two ten, I'd do that. I'd take Sony Michelle. I'm okay what with is it. Damian Harris, uh, uh, inactive on game day. Still, like next year, do you think he's like? Didn't they pay like a second for or third for? Him? Uh, they paid a third round pick. Um, obviously, he's from Alabama. Belichick and Saban are boys, so you'd have to That's think true. that he had the good. He had the good, good information on Damian Harris. Um, I think it really depends. So they've got James White. They've got Michelle. They carry like Brandon Bolden as a special teamer. I think it really depends on what happens with Rex Burkhead. If they end up cutting Rex Burkhead, I think that might open up a slot for Damian Harris, but they really like Burkhead because he can do a little bit of everything and he plays special teams really well. So Damian Harris might be another lost season in year two. If, But I would say this. If you can, if you can give up a fourth and get Damian Harris and maybe you believe in the talent, then I'm okay with that. But... Um, I don't see him making the field unless they cut Burkhead. Okay. Uh, Brian, 210 or Sonny Michelle? I think I'd take Michelle here still. Um, I don't feel great about it either way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, which means it's probably about right, I guess. But mm-hmm. I mean, if I, if I had Michelle, I think I would want at least this, if not like more of a mid second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would buy him for that price. Yeah, I think I pretty easily. Pretty easily. Yeah. A starting running like back for a late Sunday will do cool well. Yeah. Like yeah. we've seen him score yeah. points. And let's be honest, like look back, he wasn't awful. Like mm-hmm. if you're like me and you hate running backs, this is awesome <laughs> because you slot this guy. Like if you have to start two running backs, I would slot Sony Michelle into my RB2 spot every single day. I think Sony Michelle's been on like eight different teams in the UDPL, to be honest. He's been passed around more than insert name of. Um, promiscuous female here and i sold him the season so yeah that that checks yeah. out mm-hmm. okay so yeah i mean that seems right and what his value has kind of fallen to so yeah we'll move on this one seems interesting to me it, it builds in what do you value the quarterback position and what do you value these picks um for the trade addicts leagues the winner of the toilet bowl gets the 113 as like a comp- compensatory compensation pick whatever as a prize there you mm-hmm. go. Uh, this trade was the 109 for the 113 and Gardner Minshew. Is Gardner Minshew worth four spots up in the it's first? A, it's a super flex league? Yes. 
Same I'm exact say, settings as the uh, Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I would say yes, because I think Minshew's going to be their starter. I just have this feeling that he played well enough. He's a cheap rookie deal. And those teams, we all know in real NFL, if you have a rookie quarterback on a cheap deal, you can build around him if you believe in him. And I think he was pretty good. So I think he's worth four spots. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, me too. Was this you? Or are we like talking bad about something? No, I mean I don't I don't love it. I don't love it in the sense that like you're taking yourself out of a chance. Like, what if Higgins falls? That would make me really pissed off. Yeah, but like, are you really gonna hate on Henry Ruggs and Minshew? Probably not. So here's the move, right? So if you trade the 109 and you get the 113 in Minshew. Like maybe it's not while you're on the clock, and if Higgins falls, like go use the one thirteen in a different player, exactly. and try to get back into that spot. Right. If that's if that's your guy, like go and get yeah. him, and then right, pocket right, right. Mitchu is like the extra. Yes, Doug. Two moves ahead, always. Well done. Hey, like I said, you got to be the smartest guy. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Okay, one. Yeah, I mean, see, it's funny. Like we always talk. Like we, we we just wow, man. I think I might be done. I was just going on the rant about saying it's always okay to sell picks. Almost every single trade we have is straight up picks for a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or moving around in the draft. Okay, what is DJ Chark? DJ Chark went for the two twelve and a twenty twenty one first. To me, that's kind of easily DJ Chark. Even though we know next year is going to be an amazing wide receiver class, which it always you know next year is always greener but to me like i don't know what to think of that offense is going to be but dj chark looked good and with both quarterbacks so regardless of what they do i think he's still at least a decent wide receiver too he looked like the alpha on that team and that's what i want to see so yeah i would i would lean chark as well brian so when i was sitting here looking at it as we were talking about the other deals i was thinking that i would want that first um, just because at this point we don't know where it will be. So if it ends up being a top half first, I think I'd want it easily. Uh, but if it's not a top half, then I, you know, I mean, Shark looked good this year. He did look like the number one in that offense. It was pretty clear. Um, and he did perform with both of those quarterbacks. So he tailed off at the end of the year a little bit, but he was dealing with those injuries yeah, and the stuff. Whole team, and I think the whole that team tailed off pretty badly. Yeah, well, and he was banged up. So, I mean, I think that that definitely played into, you know, when he was healthy, he was good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I it would depend on my team makeup, but I, I don't mind that deal. I mean, I think it's I think it's probably about right. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Kenyon Drake for the 201 and a 2021 third. I have no idea what to make of Kenyon Drake and <sighs> his situation and the Cardinals and any of that. So that's really yeah. why I threw the here this is a tough one this is kind of stepping into the void because you don't know first of all Kenyon drake's the free agent second of all david johnson there is there with his monster contract like if there was some certainty that Kenyon drake was going to be back with arizona and be the guy i would take the Kenyon drake side um i'm just trying to think like what running back would be available at 201 like i don't think any of the top five running backs are going to be available at that spot zach moss yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't know. I think I would kind of lean the 2021 third to me is like not a big deal. I think I think Arizona really likes Kenyon Drake. I like Kenyon Drake. I think he's a player that didn't get a fair shake in Miami for a lot of years. 
Uh, he's still relatively young. I think he's 25 years old. So I think I would take Kenyon Drake. Yeah. What about, did you answer, Brian? I wasn't listening. I didn't. I can't stand Kenyon Drake. Uh, like <laughs> he just frustrates me so bad because he looks like David Johnson reincarnated in a Cardinals uniform. Uh, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I would probably take the chance on him with though. I mean, you're not giving a first for a guy that could be worth two at this time next year. So sure. I would probably take the shot. See, but, here's, I mean, that's where I am. Okay. Here's, here's where I sit with this. Uh, let's say Kenyon Drake resigns. Let's say Kenyon Drake ends as a top. What do you think 20? his ceiling is? Ceiling? I would say, I mean, he was when he was in Miami, he was a, a solid RB2. He finished in the top 24. I think that his ceiling is maybe a back-end RB1. So let's say he finishes this coming season. Let's say he gets a two-year deal, which is most running backs seem to get. He finishes sure. as the RB12. Is he worth more than, let's say, the 110? Seeing that out again, he's on the last year of his deal. We don't necessarily know what they're going to do with him. Are they going to draft another running back? I think we're almost in the same spot. I think I'd rather at this point know what we have in this draft class and take the 201. And you hmm. get the little extra of that third that you could use for something else eventually. Yeah, I'm, I, still going, I just, I'm still going with the marathon rapper, Kenyon Drake. I don't get it. Because Ken, Kenyans are known for running marathons and Drake is a rapper. Okay. It's, my, it's been my pet name for him for like years. <laughs> the marathon it rapper. A lot less money. <laughs> I know. Okay, so let's do one more. Let's do this trade addict six trade. This is Josh Jacobs for the one ten and one eleven. This is easy. It's, it's now, Josh Jacobs. It's Josh Jacobs. Yeah, uh, I agree. What is the reason I really put this? Because I want to talk about Josh Jacobs for a little bit. Oh, Where do you? He, oh, do you? I'm surprised. <laughs> Serendipity is a word for a reason, my friend. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Where would you slot him in in this draft class right now, Superflex League? Because I, I have such a problem valuing him because I got to be honest, I'm not like, I think this year may be his ceiling, like what we saw. Really? I, I, he's okay. He's good. It seems like they don't want to really use him. In, and now this is, you know, me not helping my case trying to sell him. But they like, resigned Jalen Rashard. The world is over. No, I mean, but they didn't seem to even try to get Jacobs involved in the passing game. Richard's a good backup. So it made perfect sense to give him the money that they did. Sure. Um, but like, he seems to be what he is for them. It's like Sony Michelle. He caught the ball in college, but the Patriots don't seem to care. Like, I think we've yeah, seen. He, he, he also, he's also sucked at catching the ball at the NFL level, but that's another story. Yeah, you've watched. I haven't. So that I guess uh, you can. Yeah. And I can. Um, but to me, like not not to say I would sell him for the one ten one eleven. I think this is a rookie fever move. But I mean, Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, probably even Edwards Hilaire, the two quarterbacks, the two wide receivers. I mean, that already puts him at the one oh nine for me. Mm-hmm. So is the one ten one eleven that far off? I mean, you're looking at like Cam Makers plus maybe T Higgins, or if you're a Rager person, if you need sure. a quarterback. Justin Herbert. I mean, we like right away we all jumped on Jacobs, but you sat and you think about it, like I'm still going with I'm still going with Jacobs because I would rather take in this particular situation ahead of the draft, I would rather take the known asset over the unknown. I think the known asset is safe when a player that we saw flash who 
was excellent in his rookie year. Yes, they didn't use him in the passing game, but when you talk about broken tackles and forced missed tackles, like Jacobs was outstanding. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the known asset versus the unknown because we all know that like this class can look awesome, but landing spots will shake some things out. So that 110 and 111, like there could be questions at the back end of the first round, just like there was last year when everyone was like oh, AJ Brown and all this other jazz. Like I'm going to go with give me give me the known asset in Jacobs, and that's how I'm rolling with it. Okay, before we keep going and pretty much end the show, I owe a huge apology to Matt Renshaw. Um, I made a bet with him, not really a bet, more of an agreement. He had a league where he owned nine of the 12 first-round picks. And I told him that if he bought all 12, I will from now on refer to the first round as the Renshaw round. And I has a nice ring to it. I completely forgot to do it ever since. So (laughs) if we're slotting Josh Jacobs in around the Renshaw 09, Brian... Does the Renshaw 10 and 11 really feel that different to you? Or are you still sticking with Jacobs or do you just disagree with where I'm placing him? Um, no, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think it, it, when, when you put players to the picks, I, I think it sounds a lot better for the pick side. Um, it, it's really a tough call. It's really a tough call. It's it, it, you know, and it comes down to, to like, so running backs, right? <laughs> Not named Saquon Barkley. You don't got to convince me on that one. Or CMC. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's just they they get beat up and they, I mean, Gruden runs his dudes into the ground. Like, Cadillac was amazing there for three years and then he was not playing football anymore, you know. And and Jacobs is already, he's already, he already dealt with the shoulder and surgery on for skin issues and, all kinds of different stuff. And now I'm not, I mean, I'm not overly concerned about that stuff. I like Jacobs. I considered buying him in a number of leagues this year. Um, this off the, excuse me, non-point scoring season. I got one more, but, (laughs) but yeah, I know you do, but I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, and again, look, if it's making me itch out of my skin like that, it probably means that it's, it's about right. Yeah. And you might need surgery. Yeah, that too. That too. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that is the end of our show sheet because I deleted the rest of it. So that's the end of our show. Um, Before we do the proverbial log off, why don't you, Doug, remind people who you are, what you do, and where they could find all that stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at TheFantasyFather. That's D-A FantasyFather because The Fantasy Father was too long. Whatever. Um, and you can find me on the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast, hosting that every week with Tyler and Tim. You can find me on the Trophy Time pod on tffgurus.com, where I co-own with my brother-in-law, Joshua Trotta. He is also my co-host. Um, we've been kind of dormant because, like I said, we're mostly focused on redraft. But we do have some Dynasty content coming up soon, so make sure you check that out. Um, yeah, that's me. Go Pats. Yeah. New QB. Let's go. Let that part, last part out. Um, why i'm not gonna edit anything uh <laughs> editing sucks <laughs> yeah it's the worst and i for some reason keep saying i'll edit people's podcasts i have an episode of dynasty game night we recorded a week and a half ago and i still haven't finished that's a um, tough one to edit by the way. um but seriously go if you don't listen to dynasty happy hour i don't know what you're doing with your life their show is fantastic and doug is I, you know, I joked on my tweet saying that Doug is the host with the most because I wanted to throw in his impression, um, but he really is fantastic. And go listen; they are very good. And Tyler shows up. 
it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yes, they are awesome. But now let's talk about us being awesome, Brian. We are awesome. We make awesome t-shirts, mugs, and stickers and other stuff. There you go. Rock and roll. ffpodstoreenvy.com. You can get Trade Addict, Superflex Super Show, Dynasty Diagnostic, Dynasty Game Night, and Top Shelf DFF swag. 10% of all sales go to Fantasy Cares, which is awesome. Speaking of awesome, wristbands. Uh, you can get your Trade Addicts wristbands, $5 each. $2 of each wristband goes to Fantasy Cares as well. Just slide up into Brian's DMs and you can get them sent to you. Also, You need, to get, you need to start sending those to some NFL players to get you some camera time. Ooh, that'd be baller. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to start going to games and throwing them to people. Um, also, if you buy some wristbands, Brian will draw you a picture of a lamp and a person. And if you want to see what Brian is holding up, patreon.com slash tradeaddictspod, you can watch us as we live stream this. You can see the picture of the lamp with the little man Quite standing the artiste. Up. Yes, oh, he is. You. I love lamp. <laughs> he loves lamp. Um, <laughs> I think that's everything. That's everything I care to talk about. Um, on that note, night, everybody. Night, out, Alice. Night, Doug. Night, Doug. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Freda Addict Podcast. Please remember to follow our host at Dynasty Outhouse and at Brian Bar FF. Follow the pod at Freda Addict Pod. Please review. Subscribe and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time.